There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Horseman. Back in the 20s, we reviewed a very famous Welcome indeed to Podcast Horseman, the Bojack Horseman podcast, a spoiler-free episode-by-episode audio review podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series, Bojack Horseman. I'm a socially distanced Michael Hamflick. And I'm a socially distanced Adam Nicholas, and it is that time of the week again, Michael, and this time yes. it's an episode 11 as well, an episode oh, 11, I and I was not ready, I'm never going to be ready, ever, but <laughs> one thing I will always be is the front of the plane, maybe you can come as well if you really want to, because we <laughs> are all business to begin with, you can follow this podcast on Instagram or Twitter at Podcast Horseman. Please do give us a follow and share any of your thoughts about the show with us too. And if you want to find either of your hosts, you can also do that. You can find me on Twitter at It's Adam Nicholas or you can find Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. You can uh, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can follow on Spotify. You can listen on Acast, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you find your podcasts will be there. Um, the podcast will be uploaded to the at Podcast Horseman Twitter feed every Friday. There'll be a new episode dropping. Um, as we always say at the start of every episode and usually at the end, um, we'd love it if you would subscribe or follow if you can through Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Helps us get up the charts, helps more people find us, helps more people talk themselves horse about the talking horse. And if you would like to leave us a five-star review, uh, a few words, they can be nice or nasty, they can be comments, questions, anything you like, along with those five stars, uh, there is a good chance that you will find yourself inducted into our Hollywood Talk of Fame, another inductee coming at the end of this very, very, very draining episode. Oh, it's a good setup, that. And also, for anybody who was paying attention, we did drop a bunch of brand new inductees at the weekend, because one of us, definitely me, finally decided to bother his backside to actually do it. So <laughs> congratulations to all the latest people who have joined the illustrious Hollywood talk of mm. fame. More to come, I'm sure, in the future. But enough of my words, and it's time for some words from Netflix, Michael, about one of one of the most impactful episodes that we've probably seen so far. And I can tell you, you might see across the board, but it's episode 11 of season two. It's called Escape from L.A., Bojack goes on a road to visit an old friend and gets a taste of existence outside the Hollywood bubble. And as a man who only recently just got to re reconnect with some of his own bubbles, Michael, and the social bubble aspect of everything we're going through at the moment, yeah. this is a bubble change that, well, <laughs> burst my bubble, actually, to say the least. Well, it certainly hit close to home because, like, 2020, it was depressing as all hell. Um, <laughs> the episode... Why the long face, Michael? Is it because we're doing a podcast about a horse? The episode starts 
and it will never get started uh, with crap like that. The episode starts exactly where episode 10 finished. Um, Bojack pulls up outside Charlotte's shop in New Mexico. She, of course, at her besides funeral, told her, if you're ever in town, come and look me up. So that's exactly what he did. Um, he stood there, uh, asks if she wants a drink, but she noticed it's 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, he's falling asleep as he speaks. She's in the process of opening that shop, but instead she closes it. Um, she says uh, he can go back to hers if she likes, get a bit of sleep, get a bit of rest. He's quite keen in this, obviously. And then she says she can't wait for him to meet Kyle and the kids. To which <laughs> Bojack scowls at that suggestion, saying, Kyle and the kids, what is that, the name of your band? No, no, it is not Adam Nicholas. It is Charlotte's family. And we are given the gift of Charlotte's family via the gift of, for the second time this season, the boy popping song of all songs. We get the opening credits of Kyle and the Kids, which I've taken the liberty of writing down the entire lyrics to because I feel we are robbing the listeners if we don't talk them through. I'm not going to sing them, but it is set to the tune of a early 90s sitcom. I wonder what they could be basing that on. The lyrics Listen, go. Michael, I'm sorry, but you can't you can't bring people in here without at least, <laughs> at least a flavour of a few of the bars, perhaps. I'll tell you what I'll do then. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Um, I will... Go through all the lyrics, but I will take key moments, pull-outs, shall we say. I'll try and add a bit of my own musical influence to them, where I feel like influence or impact is particularly necessary. How's that? I think this sounds like you saying yes and to me, and I quite like that. So <laughs> take it away, okay. my improvising friend. So we have Kyle and the kids to set. It is a wall of a house where it is shooting between various pictures of indeed Kyle and the kids. If you want a picture, it picture the staircase from Horsing Around where you can see all the pictures yeah. of the family because this is obviously a very loyal tribute to those sitcoms. Uh, Kyle and the kids. Kyle's the dad and Charlotte's married to him and they've got some kids. There's Penny. She's going to high school. She's got a brother. His name is Trip. They're the perfect family. Kyle and the kids. He loves his wife, and there's nothing you can do, Kyle and the kids. <laughs> Nothing's going to be all right, be all right. Oh, no. <laughs> subverting that everything is happy, everything is grand. These credits have been designed and devised to target one person, and that person is Bojack Horseman. He loves his wife, and there's nothing you can do. <laughs> Nothing's going to be all right. Oh, no. It oh. is... Absolute, and we use this word a lot on the show. It is a powerhouse of an opening gag. Um, it's that you can, like, the harmonies again are all in keeping with how Bojack Horseman has framed what all these 90s sitcoms have achieved. It's just supposed to be this nice, pleasant world. It's as if this world has been created to break Bojack's heart. And as if that isn't said enough by the theme, we have got a rock hard stone cold freezing cut to Bojack sat at the breakfast table in Charlotte's house. Penny, the daughter, is scowling at him. Uh, Kyle himself doesn't really know what to make of this horse man sat at the top of his breakfast table. Um, the family are having an awkward discussion about the sun trip getting boners at breakfast. <laughs> With quite a bit of important dialogue wrapped into this, um, it turns out that Charlotte has never mentioned Bojack or even living in LA to her family, which is not the first time that we've been clued into this idea that maybe Bojack has put a little bit more stock into that relationship, into the memories that we saw through a flashback that maybe Charlotte has just considered a very, very small part of her life that she's walked away from. We will get back to that a little bit later. Um, but Bojack, when it becomes apparent that he has said the phrase, oh, you always said when I was in New Mexico, look me up. 
he is immediately called on that by the family. So why were you in New Mexico? He has to tell a stupid, elaborate lie about being in landlocked New Mexico to buy a boat, despite <laughs> moving from LA, which is, of course, by the ocean. Um, it's the overlapping, of course, of Bojack's grim, real life and a horsing around plot. This is exactly the sort of thing the horse from horsing around would do to set off a lovely, warm 30 minutes where, indeed, as a viewer, there is nothing you can do and nothing's going to be all right. Um, he gets a call from Princess Carolyn, trapped in the middle of his lie, but uses her to get through the lie. Um, he pretends that that's his boat guy. Uh, he asks her to buy him a few days off uh, Lenny Turtletop, who is... You know, he's in serious hot water with because he's just left the scene in the movie. He'd already been taking sick days. He was, you know, on thin ice on the plot on the film as it was, having got Kelsey fired, having taken days off with Diane. So Diane's feeling, uh, Princess Carolyn's feeling pretty stressed. But anyway, he kind of bins her off the phone because Charlotte comes out to talk to him privately, away from the family. You sense from Charlotte's body language that she knows there's more up than Bojack coming for a boat show. Um, but Charlotte says she's glad he's there. Um, there's a lovely warm moment to see the two of them kind of like resolves maybe some of the awkwardness of Bojack being mm. dropped into this family dynamic. Uh, and then without him really having a chance to say yes or no, he's suddenly dragged into it in a more formal way. And um, Penny, the daughter, comes out and says she's supposed to be having driving lessons with Kyle, um, but he's got to take a trip to basketball, where he'll probably just get more bonus. Um, <laughs> after a bit more sitcom dialogue about trips erections, um, it is agreed that Bojack Horseman will take her out for her driving lessons. There are no opening credits beyond the Kyle and the kids one, so this feels as good a place as any to stop and get some thoughts on whatever the hell we've just witnessed. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first time we have never had the actual opening credits never. with Bojack Horseman. Right, yeah. We've never had that happen before. And I've never noticed this in this episode. And the reason you don't notice it, Michael, is because how bloody good Kyle and the kids is. Because <laughs> that is... They swapped that out. I never noticed this really. That is your that's your cold open up until that point. Mm. That is the jamming point, and then everything after that is the is the show. But honestly, Kyle and the kids, I will never forget, dear listeners, when Michael Hamlet, who watches <laughs> the show after I watched this show, I got the message just saying, Kyle and the kids, all caps, <laughs> exclamation marks, and just I could hear, and then was subsequently shown all of the laughing that had happened. <laughs> And it really is that good. This is, if you're going to remove for the first episode ever, remove the actual opening credits and replace them with something, this is it. And what a fascinating little world we get dropped into. And what a great start to an episode you know is going to deliver something good at this point. It is a sensational piece of work. Of course, we recommend going back and watching the episodes as you listen along with us. But if nothing else, Google Kyle and the Kids to watch the scene. It's performed, I believe, written and performed by Jesse Novak, who I think yes. is the brother of BJ Novak, of course, writer, writer and Ryan Howard in the office. Um, the very, very talented Novak family. This is comedic art. And again, like the just to sort of go back on it a little bit, the pictures um, like on the wall are all of just a family existing together in this perfect bubble that Bojack has come to pop. It's funny that you say that it replaces the credits for as much as that is the cold open, nothing feels colder than when it comes mm. back to Bojack suddenly inserted into this dynamic that we've been informed. Kind of out of nowhere, is solid, is rock solid. And Bojack is just blown through and trying to break it down. Um, anyway, we cut to the sort of episode proper, I guess, from this point. Bojack's making conversation with Penny um, while giving her a driving lessons, obviously. He drops into conversation rather coldly if uh, Charlotte and Kyle definitely love each other. Um, do you mind really <laughs> love each other? But that tails off because he Bojack notices that they've been driving around the block over and over again past the same house. Um, it turns out they're going past the, uh, the house of a boy um, that, Char that Penny likes. 
Um, she goes into extremely intricate detail about Diego Mendoza, his name is, the boy from her school, who she's kind of got a bit of a crush on, and how they might go to the prom. It's all very high school story stuff. Bojack is nonplussed by this because he's forgotten her age. He expects a little bit more drama. He doesn't really see much merit to the story. Um, she's doing this to bump into him. That's the only reason she wants to take driving lessons in the first place, uh, accidentally on purpose. Um, she hasn't really got a plan, which Bojack gives her a little bit of grief for, but then she responds saying, well, it's better than your plan, buying a boat. And it is, of course, revealed there that Penny is wiser than Bojack has given her credit for. She's 17. She's not an actual child. She's realised, perhaps, why that he's really in New Mexico. Uh, Bojack admits he was struggling in LA. He doesn't outright say that he came to find Charlotte, just that he was having a very short time back at home. Um, so he came where he thought he could find comfort. He asks her not to tell Charlotte and Kyle about that. Um, and then Diego suddenly comes out the house forcing Penny to put a foot on the gas and speed the car into a stop sign, crash the car, causes loads of damage. And then she says, well, Bojack, will you not tell my parents? And they make a deal that is like quite an uneasy collusion between the two characters. Already um, within the first real scene of them spending any significant time together, you're quite alarmed by the closeness. Um, Bojack, an adult, Penny, the daughter of who he believed was his true love, 17-year-old daughter, no less, Bojack in a position of trust, and they've already colluded against Penny's parents. A weird foundation. If you were talking about foundations, the family, the families are solid. If the foundations yeah. between these two have been based already on lies, which is never a good start, really. And it's interesting as well, the two things that they've been asked to lie about. Uh, a teenage girl being asked to hide that she's crashed the car is a teenage girl lie. Please don't tell mom and dad that I've dinged the front of the bonnet of the car. Yeah. Uh, versus an adult man saying... Please don't tell your mom and dad I'm back because I'm in love with your mother. <laughs> like yeah. he's he's putting so much more on her young shoulders than she's putting on his, and yet they've struck a deal over this. She's almost you would almost expect that from her. You absolutely cannot expect that from him. It's it's immediately apparent that Bojack doesn't know the difference of between <laughs> talking to adults and talking to kids, like and mm. how to adjust. And he should be telling the mother that the yeah. kids have just been in a car, essentially just been in a car crash. Really, what's <laughs> happened? I think my mom would probably want to know about that. <laughs> um, and he's, like you say, making a deal with someone who is young enough to not know better, I guess, at that point. Especially because Bojack has come into this world and tried to, very quickly, because he's had to, adjust to a family dynamic. And that kind of leads us into the next scene. There's a brilliant juxtaposition between the two worlds, Charlotte's and Bojack's. We see Charlotte and Kyle and Trip just in the kitchen, having a bit of food, talking about Trip's basketball exploits. Kyle's saying, oh, you know, you'll get them next time, sport, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Bojack rocks up in the drive. And uh, you're going to have to use the bleep button for the, not the first, not the last time this episode, mm. in a fucking massive boat outside <laughs> of Charlotte's house. The LA life of Bojack has like imposed itself immediately on Charlotte's house with a boat that virtually dwarfs the house itself. It is yeah. enormous. He is, uh, this is going to sound more vulgar than I want it to, he is figuratively swinging his horse cock in the face of Kyle and <laughs> yeah. to less extent his kids. Um, Bojack and Kyle have a slightly testy exchange. I wish I'd not wrote down the word testy in my notes after talking about a horse cock. A slightly testy exchange about gender in a boat. Um, but Kyle, innocently enough, is just trying to do a bit where he's saying, oh, uh, she's a beauty, she's a beauty. I'm only joking. I'm the kind of funny guy in the family because 
that's patter amongst Kyle and the kids. Bojack yeah. is nonplussed again with this. Um, it's very, very sitcom It's ironically very much out of horse and around, the sort of stuff which Bojack holds in complete contempt. But uh, Trip and Kyle run on the boat all excited. They're really, really impressed with this. And why would it not be? It's a huge old boat. Um, Charlotte is sort of still very kind to Bojack. She's very pleased to see him. She can see that her family are enjoying having him here. Um, she convinced him to stay as long as he wants. She says the phrase, everybody here loves you, which is interesting mm. because we have seen that Penny and Bojack have established a reason why they would have a bond. Trip and Kyle have immediately formed a bond by the virtue of getting to play on Bojack's boat like big kids. Why does Penny love Bojack? That's something that goes unexplored, but it's something that you kind of feel like you can see whirring through the cogs in Bojack's head. Um, before Bojack can really act upon that phrase, uh, Princess Caroline calls back. First, she mentions the uh, the New York play with Jill Pill. Bojack simply says, I don't care. Then she tries to bring up something that happened at Herb because at his funeral. Says again, he doesn't care. Princess Caroline drills desperately to find out when he might be back in uh, in Hollywood. Obviously, Bojack is thinking off the back of the offer that he's just been given to stay as long as he wants with uh, Charlotte, Kyle and the kids. Uh, and he overhears Kyle, or Charlotte, I think it is actually saying, family dinner on the boat. And it's as if everything stops in that moment and he can picture the idea of that family dinner on the boat uh, and he just can't give her a time. Says he might be here a while and then he stomps on his phone. It remains the question about what is he really doing in, in New Mexico? In landlocked New Mexico as well, <laughs> which makes it even worse. So two months later, um, Bojack is living on the goddamn bus. He's uh, he's called in for supper by Charlotte, which brings him into the kitchen and to a very, very different scene from the first time we saw him in the kitchen. He's now wearing an apron. He's kind of becoming part of the family. It's interesting. Uh, where we saw the opening of a sitcom called Kyle and the Kids, Bojack is almost the goober to mm. the family. He's this extra that sort of appeared in their life. He is a full-grown man that, for whatever reason, like Goober was, is just an accepted part of the family. He's coming in from out the cold, in this case for supper. In Goober's case, it was just because he wasn't going home. He was in the, the home mm. of the horse. Um, he has started to live that life. Uh, he's even talking about applying for jobs at a drama college. He's helping prepare the food. <laughs> he's settled very quickly into somebody else's family life. I think you could argue that when we get to start this show, Bojack is a guest star, isn't he? For an episode, he turns up. He's a guest star in the in the TV show, Kyle and the Kids. And then by the time we reach what two months later, he's now been bumped up to season regular, hasn't he? And he yeah. looks like it. He fits the slot perfectly. He's now part of the group. They like having him there. They want him there. This isn't yeah. a go home Goober scenario. This is a can you stay a bit longer, Bojack? Because we're having such a good time and everybody seems to be getting on, which is interesting given the fact that we know Bojack Horseman. We've met him quite a lot. Not many people have this reaction <laughs> to meeting Bojack Horseman. It's genuinely quite strange, considering what we've seen of the show so far, to see like the body language that they all showed Bojack um, when he's first at that kitchen table. Penny's arms are folded. She's obviously not really very trusting of Bojack. Kyle does not know where to put himself because he knows that something isn't right here. Charlotte's trying to make it that seem nice. Probably just his erection, though, wasn't it? Well, I was going to say, like, Trip was too busy concerned what was going on under the table. Sorry, this, Trip, yes. Trip, this yeah. time is very different. Very, very different. They're all completely interacting. They all look like this. They're just sympathetical with one another. Everybody's sitting down at the table at a different time. They're all moving traffic, but they're all moving together. And it's really quite sweet. You can see the mm. Bojack has settled. Um, Penny is just stressed. Um, obviously, it's two months later, so it's maybe closer to prom. We don't know what it is, but immediately when she storms out, having snapped a bit at Kyle, Bojack and Charlotte simultaneously say they'll talk to her. Um, it turns out when they're in the bedroom where Bojack and Charlotte are cast as the parental figures instead yeah. of Kyle, 
that it's still about Diego. It's still about the prom. And it's uh, still about her friend Lila Kay, which yields in an episode with Kyle and the kids. In my opinion, the best line of the episode when Bojack completely subverts the arm on the shoulder father figure he was being to say, I want to tell tales out of school, but this Lila Kay sounds like a real bust ass super skank. <laughs> Charlotte, having heard bust ass super skank, does not know where to put herself. But Penny has never felt so related to in all her life. This yeah. is obviously how people are talking in the DMs about other friends, about whatever her world is. This was relatable content for her. And why would it not be? Because Bojack is from a world so much closer to that than the one that Charlotte lives in and exists in and is happy in. Um, before Charlotte can really get a handle back on the conversation, she sees that like the two of them are conspiring. Bojack concocts a plan um, with some great visual cutaways of taking Penny to the prom. Again, it still feels within the confines of a sitcom, this. I'll take you to the prom. There you can make Diego jealous. Um, again, it's an old sitcom trope, but like an older figure will take a character to the prom so that he or she can get the boy or girl of their dreams. And it starts off with a little bit of jealousy followed by like, Put, whisking them into the arms of the suitor by the end of the night. Not in Bojack's plan. He pitches negging this guy all the way out of the prom. There are three separate cutaways where Bojack says, and then we're dancing, and then Diego comes over and you say, hey, and then just go back to dancing with me. And by the end of his plan, she's still not said yes to Diego. She just danced with Bojack. Bojack doesn't seem to realise he's done it. Penny doesn't seem to care. She's finally found a bit of comfort and a bit of reassurance about even going to the prom in the first place. So it is set there going to the prom. This is finally revealed by Penny shouting to Kyle, hey, hey Dad, Bojack's going to take me to the prom, which is presented in the form of a reveal of Kyle stood in what we can assume is his tuxedo from his prom in the 70s with some flowers behind his back saying, oh, yeah, that's a great plan. Um, mirrors... Ross nearly yeah. taking Rachel uh, yeah. in the one with lobsters in Friends, which, of course, was Phoebe's line. Look, he's a lobsters. Lisa Kudrow was just in the episode of Bojack the last series. That felt like quite a powerful visual. That might not have been their inspiration, but Friends, obviously, is a sitcom. Such a big powerhouse for a sitcom that like you feel like a lot of those visuals are going to be borrowed in an affectionate way, which is what that was. Kyle couldn't have looked more pathetic, I think, in this moment. It wasn't a... It wasn't, a, it wasn't necessarily played for sympathy as such. It was more played to show you that Bojack was awkwardly and in quite a dangerous way pushing him out the picture. Um, Penny never saw, we should point out, Penny never saw that he was dressed in lines. None of the characters in the room saw that Kyle was dressed and ready to take it. It's just a bit of dramatic irony for the viewers to understand how he's gradually been phased out over these two months. He takes the re rejection on the chin and just fades out of shot. I think he kind of feels very, um, I think it's very deliberate that they, they put him in such an old uh, look and suit from mm. his prom days or whatever. And the fact, I think it's like a, a purpley pink colour, isn't it? Mm. Um, the suit that he's got. Kyle feels very deliberately emasculated here. Like, yeah. this guy has never looked, pathetic's harsh, but it's like, he's never looked more like, like he doesn't need to be there, essentially. Mm. Uh, eventually, you, you wonder if that's Bojack's end game. But poor Kyle heartbreaking moment this it's i think there's a what i really like about it as well they, they balance it that we're left to sort of absorb the cruelty of the moment but it's not cruelty intended certainly yes. by penny and probably not by bojack but although it, it's, the does exist. it's bojack's typical mo isn't it where you might not mean to do it mm. you don't mean to hurt people bojack but you just do because that's what he does he doesn't think about anybody else he's so caught up in trying to be this cool friend figure to, to penny 
that he doesn't even think about the other the other people who are involved yet. Charlotte looks pretty lost there throughout that whole exchange yeah. of conversation. Kyle also looks lost trying to come in and save the day, but Bojack's already trying to take over and do it himself. Are we getting the slight vibes here that everybody else is is ending up a little bit worse off for meeting Bojack Horseman? Well, yeah. it's, it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's funny how that works, isn't it? And yet Bojack remains in this scene and several others up to this point, the one that seems immune to the potential consequences. It's like every other character is having to wear the consequences other than the one that is going to cause all of them in the first place. Yeah. Um, we go then, of course, to prom night. Uh, Kyle and Charlotte are taking pictures um, of the double dating couple. We've got Bojack with uh, Penny. And we've also, we meet uh, Maddie, her school friend, her best friend, obviously after things have fallen apart with Isla Kay, uh, and Pete, or as he likes to go by, Pete Repeat, because repeating words is kind of his thing, um, but he immediately forgets to actually repeat a word after it. Uh, <laughs> he's not quite figured out himself or perhaps his own gimmick. Um, they're on the car in the way of the prom, they're all obviously in their best. Um, but Bojack catches Maddie with booze and a little hip flask in the back. We think he's going to take it off her, but instead he takes a swig and is disgusted that it's just Red Bull and vodka inside. He's angry of the quality of the booze rather than the fact she smuggled booze. Um, says he wants to pull over a, a, an off-license at a liquor store, buy them some bourbon and cut it with water. That way the hangover's not as bad, and that's him teaching them how to drink responsibly. It's strange this scene, because just to like sort of draw from my own personal experience, as a young, and dare I say it's slightly underage drinker, my parents were big on allowing me to drink and take booze to a party under the confines that I drank a certain amount or no more than a certain amount. And I don't think here Bojack is overtly evil with his intentions. Mm -hmm. I think there's a great gag about, oh, this booze is terrible, get better booze. That's, that's very Bojack Horseman. But in his mind, I do think he's trying to be the adult figure here. I think, I think this plays somewhere towards the middle, which is good, because you've got to try and find justification for Bojack's actions before he comes to deeply regret them. I'll tell you what the problem is, is that Bojack is doing, in his head, probably what he thinks is the right, mm. and maybe the, maybe the cool thing to do. He's like, yeah. isn't he? He's playing the cool uncle role here, essentially. Um, and he's very good at it. But unfortunately, the way he's treating these kids is the way he would treat the people at a Hollywood party. Like... He wants them to be on his level. He's holding he's holding them to his standard. Unfortunately, we all know that he likes to believe it or not. Bojack is a high-function alcoholic, and he also <laughs> likes drink and drugs and everything in between. So he's trying to treat these kids on his level, which, in fairness, a lot of kids respond quite well to because you're treating them like an adult. Penny even responds well to him in the car because he's doing that sort of thing. He's giving her the attention and speaking to her like a person rather than like a kid. Unfortunately, yeah. when you try to do those things in a car full of 17 year olds or whatever they are, like he's given them, he's <laughs> given them bourbon, Michael. Like most 17 year olds aren't going to get started on bourbon at all. They're not ready <laughs> for at all. Well, as if to give me the perfect segue, we cut to the prom where we can hear Maddie saying, ah, oh, it burns, while trying to get this bourbon down. She's drinking way too much, way too fast, as 17-year-olds would, yeah. with a hip flask in hand and an adult's permission effectively to go nuts with it. Um, Bojack offers Penny some booze. She has to remind him that she's driving. She sort of stares wistfully at Lila Kay over by the punch bowl, says that she's so pretty, which Bojack sort of casually responds, shut up, she's got nothing on you. Um, it seems to land with Penny, but Bo Penny sort of like, again, still stares off with a sort of long sigh. Bojack takes a look at the uh, prom, and this plays to your point about how he was trying to treat the children 
as his LA company. He's trying to treat this prom as an LA party, and he doesn't think it's kicking off. Uh, It's early in a prom. Teenagers, 17-year-olds are still all just coming together. They're still all in the groups. They're still all a little bit awkward. You can tell it's early in the night, and yes, he just wants this to be a nightclub straight away. He bursts into the middle of the DJ box. He kicks the DJ out of the way, uh, and he starts to put on... um, the uh, obviously the song that was attached to his sitcom do the bojack we know this because he sort of bends over in like a twerking position about to slap his own ass they've set you up to receive this as the big dance number in what has turned into like a back to the future type callback where the teenager i'm a teenager i'm interested to see where this goes but before bojack can even get a word out he gets heckled off in seconds with a chorus of boos from all these teenagers that do not understand what the hell he's doing there's a great line as he's walking to the dj box where a random teenage character that we never learn the name of says like, what is this adult male doing at our high school prom which is good that like we're left to we're not left to assume that these teenagers are idiots we're left to like have them be the voice of reason while bojack makes mistake after mistake after mistake doing the bojack goes absolutely terribly um but the three of them aren't having a particularly good time anyway while bojack was getting heckled off the stage um obviously penny is a little bit depressed because she thinks lila k is going to get to diego Pete Repeat doesn't really know where to put himself because Maddie, his date, is absolutely hammered from the yep. booze that Bojack has supplied. Uh, but Bojack, again, kind of alluding to what you say about being a cool uncle, tries to explain to them, and I think at that age we would have all liked elements of this pep talk, um, mm-hmm. that if nothing's happening here, let's just go somewhere else. Uh, he notes that when you're of a certain age, nobody really tells you that you don't have to be where you think you have to be, and yep. they can go somewhere else. It's quite sage advice, and you only get it from someone with wisdom. But Bojack does not use this wisdom for good. Um, he takes them out. He takes a few balloons. He takes them out to the local water tower. He puts glow sticks in the water tower, in the balloons, sorry, and like the balloons float off into the sky. They're all having a lovely romanticised moment, just the four of them, which has sort of vindicated Bojack's big rant. They can go and do something better. This feels wholesome until you can see that Maddie is absolutely blotto at this point. They all talk about climbing the water tower to have a dance on top of it, but Pete Repeat agrees to stay down with Maddie because she is not even getting up off the floor at this point. Um, Bojack and Penny climb the water tower together. Um, they're watching the glow stick balloons follow off into the distance. Penny is starry-eyed by looking at the starry sky, as it were. In this case, the stars being made with these green glow sticks. Um, she's wearing his jacket. It's got all those tropes of a prom movie, of a date movie, of where this could be going. They have a slow dance, uh, which is only cut up by the fact that she's trying to play something through her phone and it keeps buffering, but they're having the slow dance anyway. But it is stopped dead, again, with a cold, hard cut of, a, of Pete Repeat shouting them down, panicking, because Maddie has passed out from extremely heavy boozing. Uh, he thinks she's breathing, but Pete Repeat is the first one to say, we need to take her to a hospital. Um, before we get to them actually arriving at the emergency room, Bojack at the prom, Bojack's advice, booze, etc. Your thoughts? I mean, not much else to say. This is this is Bojack um, continuing his "quote unquote" cool uncle approach, which we see the highs and lows of. I love that kid who says, "What is this adult doing? Uh, this adult doing at our prom?" Because it's <laughs> because it's. Do you know what the problem is? We've had so many films and TV shows, etc., from the past that have sort of uh, like encourage the culture that we're probably still paying for now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of those things where if someone had actually just bothered 
to instead of writing this, isn't this fun, lovely, fictional thing where everything's fine and this questionably older adult is just at a, is at a kid's prom? Yeah. Like, if someone had just thought about that in the writing process previously, maybe we wouldn't have all the problems we do right this second, I think is fair to say. But it's it's it felt really powerful. Like, obviously, it's a good laugh at the time, but it felt really powerful that uh, RBW was keen to make sure that that line was in there because it's like, let's look at this as functioning humans, yeah? How stupid is this? Like, yeah. isn't it isn't it weird that this grown man who we are aware is, even what, he's 50 plus now, Bojack, isn't mm-hmm. he, at this point? Yeah. He's hanging around with a bunch of 17-year-olds at the prom. You kind just, of, you're undoing decades of normalising of that yeah. idea, aren't you? Like yeah. I've, we, you know, we, proms are less of a cultural thing in the UK, but all we know of them, school dances, school proms, things like that, is that the only adults that really should be there are the teachers, are the people yeah. that are already trusted to be around the children. And yet, through so much American culture that we have all swallowed all our lives, like both sides of the Atlantic and all over the world, this is alarmingly common. Like, ironically, we've just completely shafted one um, trope in terms of, like, the prom night and all that kind of thing. We slide into the next part of the coming-of-age thing where the gang go out and do this one great, grandiose, cool gesture in the middle of the night. It's a feel-good thing. It's nearly a recovery. Nearly a recovery, this. like, And then, ultimately, we realise that as this situation starts to arise, Bojack is not equipped to handle the consequences of anything. It's easy to do the good time but certainly not equipped when things start to take a bit of a turn. Mm. It's funny that you use the word recovery because that's the position they have to get Maddie into when yeah. you see Bojack's car speed around the corner of the emergency room, Penny, of course, behind the wheel. Um, they arrive at the hospital front door uh, without going in. They sort of take the slumped Maddie and position her in a safe position on a chair. Bojack is very quick to give advice on how to do this, uh, perhaps masking that he's done similar things like this before, that the wrong end of LA night's gone wrong. Um, as Pete just happens to be wheeling it into the hospital, Bojack then says that him and Penny are going to split. Uh, immediately he is overcome and wrapped with guilt and worry and concern, not just for Maddie's well-being, but for how this looks for the perception of a man being out with these children, one of them being drunk as a skunk and in need of medical attention. Mm -hmm. Um, He basically makes excuses. Everything is an excuse. It's not taking responsibility for the consequences, as you say. Um, He goes as far as asking Pete to lie uh, to the hospital staff about what exactly has happened to Maddie tonight, that Bojack and Penny left early, that they weren't even on the scene. Pete is really uncomfortable with this, as you can imagine. A 17-year-old boy being asked to laugh to medics who he needs to look after his friend. Bojack stops just short of physically threatening him as he very sternly repeats the exact instructions again, Mm. which is a really, really good bit of writing that he's having to sternly repeat things to Pete repeat, uh, who hasn't who hasn't yet repeated a word other than hospital when Maddie was lying pissed on the floor by the water tower to finally get the pop he picks the worst possible moment. Bojack is doing it basically to save his own arse. He's worried that if Pete hasn't repeated it, hasn't gone through the instructions, that he won't follow through on it. He needs the security that yet again he's going to get away with one. Um, He gets that. He says, is that okay? Or is that okay, okay, Pete, repeat? And Pete goes, okay, okay. And Bojack says, okay, bye. And then the car speeds off into the night, never to be seen again. Maddie and Pete are certainly never to be seen again in this episode. They are done characters to us, just like they are to Bojack Horseman. We get back uh, to Penny's house. Um, Penny asks if they did the right thing because, you know, she's got a conscience and she's still concerned about her school friends. Mm -hmm. To which Bojack says, sometimes the right thing isn't the best thing. This plays into um, Bustas Super Skank. 
bizarrely yeah. enough, because Penny uh, said she's had a really special night and thanks him for treating him, treating her like an adult. As a child, she doesn't realise that that childlike line earlier in that bedroom, plus what he's just said there, is not really treating her like an adult. It's an adult trying to kind of manipulate her into just going along with his whims. But she believes that she's been treated like an adult because they've been able to have conversations on the level. Um, she gives him a kiss on the cheek and then immediately moves to give him a kiss on the lips. He pulls away. Um, but she says if he wants to do it, she's ready. This isn't an unspoken thing. Sex is suddenly on the table. The what could you say, like the the flirtation or the suggestion that might have occurred on the water tower has jumped immediately to the idea of having sex. There's a gag here, dark as it may be, about how she learned how to put a condom in health class with her mouth on a banana, which Bojack, in this attempt to remain virtuous, says, what the hell are they teaching you in this health class? Um, he then has to back completely off physically and says, you're an amazing person, but you're 17, which is uh, 17, which she responds, which is the legal age of consent in New Mexico. And I didn't even have anything to drink. So it's totally legal. She is simultaneously arming him with yeah. reasons to do it, arming us with reasons to think, awful as it might be, that Bojack is sound mind to do it. Mm -hmm. All of this dialogue is not by accident. She yeah. has come, as she says, I'm ready. She has come ready for this. Bojack is trying not to be Bojack Horseman here. And yet it is as if by this point, he's coloured their world in all of his shades. And there's not a lot any of them can really do about it. He says no. She says she still wants it. And he finally seems to cut the cord by saying, you think you do, but you don't know what she wants. This is obviously a, re a reversal of everything that she believes was the relationship between her and Bojack. This yeah. is him reducing her to a child, not speaking to her on a level, not speaking to her like an adult in the inverted yeah. commas, because, you know, we know otherwise she departs to bed in tears. Um, before we get to Bojack's next interaction, that was some unbelievable writing, unbelievable writing of the most delicately poised moment of a delicately poised episode. Yeah, I mean the whole build up into this as well is worth mentioning again. These are those moments when you're when you're a kid, you you know that you or you don't know you need it actually until it happens, but you need adults to stand up and be counted when adults are required. You just as a kid, you are living with this thing in the back of your head that someone, an adult, will step up to the plate when this the time comes. You, yeah. you know that. You don't know why you know that, mostly because your parents would help you out and tell you that. But that's what you expect, don't you? The adult, whoever it is, will take control of the situation. The adult does take control of the situation, but not the way that we expect at all, mm. at all. Forcing Pete Repeat, who can only be 17 or 16 maybe, into having to go and literally take a person to hospital, something he's probably never, ever done in his life, ever, and arms him with the teeth with all these lies. And basically, Borja forces him to be... Bends him to his will, doesn't he? Because he's mm -hmm. Bojack Horseman. That's what Bojack yeah. Horseman does. Then he goes back to the house, and then we get this interaction where, Penny, this is what happens as a result of Bojack trying to treat her as a friend, as a somebody who's on his level, quote-unquote, or whatever you want to call it. She feels comfortable. She, think, she thinks it's right. She, she even thinks she knows what she wants. But again, these are kids. These are kids who, I was 17 once, I thought I knew everything. You don't know yeah. everything. You know everything up to that point. Unfortunately, Bojack is 50 plus years old, whatever he is, and, and basically you need him to step up. Now here, technically, despite the fact that, as you say, Penny literally gives him everything on a plate. She gives him the ins, the outs, mm. everything that'll get him off the hook in this scenario. 
because of the way he's been with these kids, he's put he's essentially put her in that mindset. Like you know the the impact that can have on someone who's young and maybe hasn't experienced this kind of attention. This is a girl who's getting excited about saying hi to a mm. boy or hey, sorry, hey, I wouldn't want to get that wrong. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> that's their thing, Michael. That's their thing. Hey. But hey, but you've got this guy, she's got this guy who's treating her like nobody else really probably has at this point. So mm. she's obviously gonna fall like I feel like she's fallen for him immediately. It's felt um you know, I know we try not to timestamp this, but we can say 2020 is an easy way to timestamp it because we are not in the same goddamn room together still. Um, right. We are not that far removed from the, this time it's been called a speaking out movement. We haven't spoken before about how Bojack was in front of Me Too, but it yeah. would highlight things that would come to most of the public's attention when Me Too hit. It wasn't about, I don't want to be callous in my word in here, it wasn't about the obviousness of sexual assault. It was about the power behind it, the corrupting influences, the reasons it took place beyond the obvious act of men being vile or people mm. being vile. It wasn't mm. just people making vile decisions. It was all the dynamics wrapped around that. And I just thought yet again, I mean, we're talking 2020, this was made in 2015. The five years in front of the, what, a year, two years in front of me too, the five in front of speaking out, consent. Yeah in something that is close to us, the wrestling industry, something that's close to many of our colleagues, the gaming industry. Consent has been such a huge word because what it has brought back to the table is um, age is only, well, it's a very, very small part of the story, of these yeah. stories that we hear from these survivors, these victims. Um, she, at 17, has used the word consent in very legal terms. Yeah. Bojack, in the position of power, has elected to step back from that, blowing that word off. He mm. knows in his heart of hearts, in this very sober moment, that that is meaningless. Yeah. Think of the people that have used that as their mm -hmm. out. Think yeah. of the, in our world, it's been wrestling coaches and young wrestlers. In the gaming world, it's been very, very popular figures in gaming and their young fans. It's a huge power dynamic, yeah. but the letter of the law is not the only letter to live by. And some of these people have abused that to the nth degree. And mm -hmm. I thought this was a fantastic, calculated attack on the people that were doing that, that people who are writing Bojack Horseman, that are creating Bojack Horseman, are clearly aware of, have clearly seen it, might even be lived in. We've often talked about that the female writers on this show yeah. feel like their voice is well heard in these moments. Mm -hmm. um, that, to me, was littered throughout this exchange and again, just felt very close to things, issues that have thankfully and continue to do so bubbled back to the surface in popular culture currently. I think that's why we love this show, don't we? Because they're not afraid to go to where they need to go to get these messages across. Like you say, five years ahead of the Speaking Out movement, a couple of years ahead of the Me Too movement at this point, they would have been. Like, this is a show that had this at the forefront. And these are, when you look at it now, through the lens that we've all been presented through, everybody getting better as a society. You know, you like to think, certainly being made more aware of these things. Yeah. Like, it completely shatters. And I think that's the intention, really, of this episode, in a, in a completely different level. We've already mentioned how it references so many different films, coming-of-age films, high school films, these kinds of things. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. They're all poisonous. There's a lot of them are poisonous because they're bringing with it this weird mentality that everything's fine because it's all good. Everything's good, brother. All good. I often tell you, I often think of um, Matthew McConaughey's character in um, Days and Confused yeah. when he's like, yeah. I get all that, and they all stay the same age. And everyone's yes, like, oh, oh, what a great character. Like, so funny, mm. that guy, isn't he? Oh, what a rascal. But then actually, no, like, no. no, not at all. You look at it now, and you're like, that's not, that doesn't work. And that's technically, Bojack doesn't, he's not, doesn't, certainly not doing the same role, but he finds himself in the same shoes at this point, where he's, as you say, in a position of power, which is the problem in every single one of these scenarios. And yet, he doesn't make the move he decides to swear. he doesn't I just, I, yeah it just it, it it took me back to Diane and Hank Hippopolis in the car park because there are sometimes scenes where they want to show you the wiring of this world yeah. and again that that word that hung heavy on consent and how meaningless that is in the grand scheme of things because you're dealing yeah. with an old man and a child a family friend a child who yeah. as he kind of he doesn't put it in the best way but that she doesn't know what she wants how many people have used that consent to their advantage and abused it rather yeah. than stepping back as bojack did here so yes um penny goes off to bed very upset bojack goes around the, to the back of the house where charlotte is sat in the garden um in front of a fire pit having a beer she asks how the night's gone um and he doesn't lie but he doesn't tell the truth he just says mm. charlotte's gone off to bed uh, sorry penny's gone off to bed the kids are tired etc etc he's kind of gotten away with that one again it's another case where he's not had to think about the consequences because he's kind of like slipped through them um they reminisce on when they were younger um with herb letting balloons with glow sticks in them over studio 60 and all their fun nights um which is obviously where Bojack has taken direct influence from earlier on in the episode. Um, but Bojack can't quite get the romanticised view of their time together out of her. She won't give him as much as he still gives to their perceived relationship. Um, and he also follows up. He asks if uh, she still thinks Elliot was a tarpit. She laughs at herself, effectively. Um, she says she just used to stay all sorts of stuff then. It's another undermining of the time that for the longest time he held in that picture frame, he believed she was in Maine. He believed, how dare she not be, that she was in the log cabin just waiting for him to knock on. It's another one of them balloons with the glow sticks popped, as it were, for Bojack at this point. Um, so he asks her about the tarpit comment that she made all the years ago that has really stuck with him. Um, she says, no, I don't think LA is a tarpit. Tarpit is you. To which Bojack replies, me? 
and then she has to clarify. She says, no, the general you. You know, if you're a tar pit, if you walk around feeling like a tar pit, you're going to be a tar pit no matter where you are. Um, mm. Which, as we well know, this uh, Bojack has tried indeed to escape that and has instead brought his tar pit to New Mexico. Uh, she ends her little monologue there with, you can't escape you. Um, you notice that that would be the sort of thing that his mother would say, which feeds into them having a little play fight, a very minor flirt, but it ends with her snuggling into him under the stars. He's got his arm around her. Um he admits he makes a lot of bad decisions and hurts people. She offers him good advice in the form of a simplistic joke, which at first he's wary of because he's worried that he's going to get something similar to what Wanda would have gave him. But she gives him the most succinct possible version of it. She does the old, uh, Doctor, it hurts when I do this. And the Doctor says, well, don't do it. Um, she has, in that moment, told Bojack not to do the things that he does in order to not destroy the relationships and the lives of the people. Uh <laughs> Mm. And then, acting on that advice, they kiss. <laughs> the next move makes off the back of that is they kiss. She pulls away, uh, immediately says, before Bojack can even speak, says, Bojack, I think you've got the wrong idea. Um, he tries to convince her to leave right now. Me and you are real. You know this is real. He makes a long, impassioned plea to convince her, like, ending everything, ending her whole life, and then ends his speech with, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me you haven't thought about it. And already we know where this is going. They're in the fire pit in the garden of a family home in New Mexico with her children and husband in the house right next to it. Uh, she says, I think you should go tomorrow. Um, she gets a lot sterner after Bojack just mm. won't take the no for an answer. He, at this point, has gotten lost in his pitch rather than actually thinking about what he's asking of this woman at this point. Um, what yeah. have we seen? It, it, like, it made me pause and reflect. What have we seen of Charlotte in this episode? We start at her business. We move to her family home. We learn of her domestic life. We learn of her relationship with each one of her children and her husband individually. And then Bojack, in his stupid, ridiculous, entitled mind, assumes she would want to be whisked away on a giant boat to Christ knows where because he doesn't even want to go back to LA. The boat, I should point out, was of course called Escape from LA, the title of this episode, the title that Penny has given him. Um, but she gets sterner at the prospect of him trying to force this idealised view, this escape, this Thelma and Louise but romantic escape for them together. Uh, she says, I have worked very hard to build this life for myself. I'm happy. You just roll into my life like a hurricane. Why? Because we knew each other for five minutes 30 years ago? That's the big one that breaks his heart. That's what she was avoiding saying all this time. All those little asides, all those, oh, I was young, I was stupid. We were kids. All of those were trying to make that point. This was five minutes of my life, Bojack. This is my life, not the life we had in your flashbacks. This is my life. He's never seen it or never wanted to see it until this moment when he can't deny when she's put those hard numbers in front of her. So he results to bargaining. He panics. He wants to continue living there. He wants to continue living this comfy life that he set up over the last two months. He asks her just to pretend that the kiss never happened. Um, and then he kind of gives the whole game away. He says, please don't make me go back to LA. She responds mm. quite coldly, but quite understandably with, I don't care where you go, but I can't have you here. You make me too sad. Yep. Oh, Boy, why, the, why the long face, Michael? Why the long <laughs> face? God damn it. Yeah, this is... This is some powerful stuff. Again, how many times have we mentioned that 
Bojack fantasy. And I think we got it quite sternly when Charlotte was at the funeral of Herb Kazaz. And she stubbed out that cigarette because she was only there to drop in. She was dropping in to say hi to Herb, essentially. I'll say goodbye to Herb even. I'm just not going to get much of a hello out of him at that point. Um, we knew it. We knew it from their first meeting. We knew. We knew he, straight away. He refused to see it. And he refused to see it. And that's because he had the blinkers on. How many times have we said this? <laughs> like, that's what he does. And the amount of stock he's put into that still, even now, still, after the fact that we had that, saw that exchange, that she left immediately and, um, and wasn't even living in Maine that we found out back then. He's turned up here, though, and... Like you say, she mentions it. She says the collective you when she talks about like you being the topic of, of Hollywood. But she she means him. Like yeah, whether he just... likes to admit that, whether she likes to admit it or not, whether he likes to admit it or not, that's who it is. And it fits he fits the bill perfectly. And it's just the unraveling and how quickly it unravels. We've just had Bojack maybe do something not noble at all, because he's a piece of shit, as we will continue to tell you. Um, but he makes the correct choice with yeah. Penny at the door. Uh, the choice that needed to happen, despite the fact he made a bunch of stupid ones that led to all of it, really. He makes the correct one. And then he goes back indoors, to, to oh, back around the corner, sorry, to see his, to her mother. And that is when he decides to unravel the real reason that he's here, if you will. Um, all unravels. And it's so... I always remember thinking how quick it feels. Like someone's just lit the paper mm. and it's just like, he gives a kiss. There is a second. There's a second where she reciprocates for yeah. a little bit. She's yeah. like, where she's like, she's into the kiss and then she snaps out of it straight away. It's a moment of daftness and mm -hmm. she realizes she's probably just had a couple of beers and made a stupid choice there. Yeah. She recognizes that. And that literally sets, it sets a, it only takes one match, Michael, to burn a thousand trees. <laughs> and literally, that one match is the thing it takes. Bojack goes off. He thinks, this is it. This is the beginning of the dream. And it all comes flying out. And I always remember thinking how fast it comes out and how not sane he looks in this. Mm. In this Like, we see it a ton of times in, again, coming-of-age films, these rom-coms where someone's like, come with me, let's run away from all this together. And they just, it's a, it's a great idea. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> The reality is it's not. Bojack sounds like an absolute madman here. Like, yeah. he's a mad horse. Just everything is flying out of him till he literally talks himself horse to the point he just shoots, it all comes flying out. And she's like, no, I don't want that. That's not, look what I've got. Why on earth would I want it? <laughs> Why would I leave that? I'll leave this for that. A horse who doesn't even know what he wants. It's, I really thought as well, there was something really effective about the two months later time jump. Yeah. Because obviously we accept how the characters have moved on together, but we have watched 20 minutes of a television show. And at the, and at the top of this 20 minutes, you can stay as long as you want. At the end of the 20 minutes, I want you to leave tomorrow. Yeah, like, as viewers, we have witnessed those two things happen so fast. And she justifies it with that, you make me too sad. It is a feeling that she might have been holding on to or bottling when she first said you can stay as long as you want. But it's something now she has to unleash for the greater good, it's become a necessity that she release that quite difficult thing to say to somebody as he's opening himself up to take yet more shots. She hits him with a pretty fatal one. Um, and I just thought it was quite interesting that we, the viewers, have seen, yeah, the Bojack Horseman effect, the leak of the tar into mm -hmm. their world over the course of those two months. Um, Bojack walks quite solemnly away from back around the corner um, to the boat in the drive. He intends to go to bed. He climbs up the ladder to the boat, but Penny is still there. Um, 
She says, uh, I know what I want, Bojack. Obviously, still implying uh, that she wants to have sex with him. Uh, he just says, quite forlornly, go to bed, Penny. And he disappears off into the cabin, leaving her alone to stare out into the night on the deck. We cut back to Charlotte. She's kind of what appears to be pulling herself together after having a little cry. Like, just mm. she's dealt with the, which is, again, like she's been an adult. She's dealt with the emotional ramifications of the things she's just had happened to her to yeah. then steal herself to go back to life. Something that Bojack yeah. flatly refuses to do in any situation she's in. And within about three minutes, she's managed to do that because she's yeah. a real human being trying to live her real human life. She uh, looks up into the sky and spies one of the balloons with the uh, glow sticks in, um, draws that connection, makes that connection, follows it as it drifts from the back of the garden to the boat on the front of the drive. Uh, the boat breezes past, um, at which point, Charlotte hears a rustling, a noise, something within the boat. Um, she climbs up the ladder. Uh, the door is suddenly framed as being about as far away from us, watching on the screen as we could possibly be, as if we've suddenly moved 100 feet back from the screen of watching the show and see the door in the distance at a long shot um, as we are in a point of view of Charlotte. She opens the door and finds Penny on the bed with her shoes off, with Bojack trying to take his bow tie off, with him, with his arms around Penny, uh, Penny immediately protests. Um, obviously, we've heard commotion, so we don't know what has already gone on, but they have reached this point. The visual is stark. The visual is dark. The visual is brutal. Penny can't say a word before Charlotte simply goes, no, Penny, go to your room. Dismisses her from the scene already because, as you pointed out, Adults know how to help children in situations, and yeah. Penny ultimately is not a part of this one. Bojack starts glumly and pathetically to almost deliver a defence as spontaneously as that declaration of love was just a few short minutes earlier. But she stops him, stops him dead. Says, if you were not out of my driveway in 30 minutes, I will call the police. And if you ever try to contact me or my family again, I will fucking kill you. Bojack is framed in this shot in a shadow, head down, not even able to make eye contact, doesn't really want to look at himself, doesn't really want to look at anybody, as we see the stern, sharp points of Charlotte's reaction, as she knows, as if she maybe knew all along, that this was the decision she had to make, the decision she had to take, as everything, absolutely everything, has come crashing down around all of them, in something that couldn't be more diametrically opposed to the way we pissed ourselves at the opening credits, we have been given, I think it's safe to say up to this point, the darkest moment in Bojack's life in the show as a character. Um, just to briefly cut back, because we start this episode, talk about episode 11. I will conclude how this episode ends. But the last episode 11 of season one, which was a big one, and we did tease, we don't talk about spoilers, but we did tease that brace yourself in for these episode 11s. That, that was about Bojack not being in the real world. He was suffering through the acts that he discovered through taking lots and lots of drugs. Um, his out-of-body experience told him more awful truths about the world by him finally detaching from it. And it was yeah. scary, it was grim, and it was frightening, and it was psychopathic. This has happened in freezing cold reality. This has happened to a family. He has happened to a family. He has nearly engaged with the daughter of a woman he tracked down because he believed he loved her and thought he could take her away. Um, 
this is darker and harder than anything he could have experienced on those drugs because it's happened at his hands. This one is all him, this, all of it. It's all Bojack. From the very beginning to the very end, whether some of it was being presented like they were settling into some nice life after two months where Bojack's the cool character who's in the house or whatever. It's all Hollywood, Hollywood bullshit that has somehow managed to find its way to New Mexico. And um, this is a big one. This, I mean, we, we know Bojack's bad. We know he makes terrible choices. We know he's got a history of making the worst possible choices at the worst possible time. But the, if you could summarise him, he has the moment outside with Penny where he makes the correct choice. The correct choice. Then he goes to the back to talk to Charlotte. It all goes crashing down from there. And then he somehow ends up, well, he ends up giving in to the, because he's, his ego is bruised, he's upset. The worst part for me is that, yes, all of the connotations with um, Penny, the fact that she's so young, the fact that this is morally wrong on every level, uh, and the fact that he's supposed to be an adult, he's in a position of power, he's abusing that. And even even though she's not really aware of it, there's a star power element there as well, I think, yeah. that goes with it. And um, the, But this is something he's prepared to, he's prepared to press the self-destruct button on a young woman's life, which she will inevitably end up looking back on and mm -hmm. regretting for the rest of her life because she doesn't know any better. But he's about to do all of that because he's a little bit upset that he didn't get what he wanted. And ultimately, if you're Charlotte and you're walking in there, not only is it a daughter, and obviously, as you say, she immediately switches to adult mode and you can tell when an adult needs to talk. An adult, you've got it, you're a dad, you've got the adult <laughs> voice, you've got yeah. the voice. When things are serious, things are serious and the kids yeah. know, you know mm -hmm. and the kids know. That, that is on and there's a reason and Charlotte kicks in gets rid of her but the thing imagine this you're Charlotte you've just recovered in the back garden from this situation that's gone on to find that your daughter is there from a man who's just professed that he loves Charlotte yeah. and is ready to run away with that at the drop of a hat because that's what he thinks is a stable correct decision and he's literally what are we I mean we can't even be what maybe 10 minutes maybe yeah. if and he's and he's literally in bed with Adora. Well, I mean, that's that's highlighting that he's going to use her for sex to get over his heartbreak. To just and... get over his sadness and the connotations there that are even worse than the fact that well, I can't have mum, so I'm going to get daughter. Like that, that might be putting it very basically, but that's there too, Mr. Yeah. Bojack Horseman. I am the man. What I want, I'm going to get. And he doesn't get Charlotte, so he settles for literally the next best thing, which is. I mean, like you say, we use the word and term powerhouse a lot when we do this podcast, and because every single part of it is. Mm. It's it's just so gutsy. It's incredibly gutsy writing. It's where, and as well, you've got to say, it's where the story needed to go. Mm -hmm. um, it's You watch it play through, you have several sinking feelings, and then Bojack lives down to your worst possible expectation every time he creates. He takes a situation and he makes it worse. He takes the worst situation and he makes it bad. He takes a bad situation and he makes it as bad as it can possibly be. He takes a bad as it can possibly be and turns it into an outright catastrophe. Uh, all with a run sheet. It's, it's a virtual criminal run sheet that we yeah. know through speaking out and through Me Too, he would get away with. He would have plausible deniability for Maddie being pissed and left at the hospital. He would have... Uh, Penny's consent to use against her. Yeah. He would manipulate Charlotte with the kiss against Kyle and the family. He is a powerful man 
with all the cards and is just doing thoughtlessly based on some well, pathetic emotions. It's yeah. all it's all in keeping with his characters, with the dynamics of setup of him being this major Hollywood star and celebrity. What do they know, Nicholas? They know things, and we've had to find out. Um, the final cut of this episode is uh, Tobojak sat on the deck of his boat uh, in a pair of aviators having a smoke in a lovely scene that you may recognise from some of the artwork of this podcast. The silhouette of Bojack is cast against some wonderful colours, some wonderful vistas, some wonderful skylines uh, as the boat is on a flatbed being taken back, we assume, to LA. The assumption is correct as the uh, boat and the truck pull up outside Bojack's house. Um, he gets stuck in traffic first, I should point out, on a ring road entering back into LA as if he's kind of never been away. Um, he's all the way back home. Gets in his house, it's a complete dump. There's pictures hanging off the wall, there's cans of beer everywhere, there's food cartons everywhere. He goes to lean out onto his balcony, he stares at the Hollywood sign, um, and then suddenly he turns and is greeted by Diane. He turns to her, she's still there in the dressing gown, hair still tied up, still looking sad. He says, hey, you're still here. And she says, yep, still here. And scene. And that was another episode 11. And I need to lie down. Yeah, I thought I thought one was supposed to be the loneliest number, not episode <laughs> eleven. Because holy moly, this is you know, I think we should I just want to say I don't I don't want to dive too much because I know we have dived a lot already, but we should point yeah, point out here. Yeah, after one of the in fact no, after the lowest point of this show, Bojack's in Bojack, Bojack in particular, we go from him having made this the worst decision possible. Like destroying and then burning a bridge not just burning a bridge he blew a bridge up what immediately happens afterwards is he goes back to LA but we get this the second best montage in television history I think (laughs) (laughs) one as a man who has just finished watching The Wire and the wonderful finale to that show um this is incredible it's the coolest thing you can Mm. possibly see this is a character who's portrayed as Mr Hollywood just He's on a deck chair with aviators on. Looks like his boat's moving as the car drives through stunning landscape after stunning landscape. The soundtrack is the actual four-minute-plus version of the soundtrack of this show that we were deprived of yeah. in the opening credits, which is nice that they actually put it in at the end here for us. And also, if you haven't heard that already, please go and listen to the full version of that. You can find it on iTunes, the Bojack Horseman theme song. I promise you, it's longer than the, the minute you get at the start, and it is an absolute beautiful piece. But they use it to perfection, yeah. How is that? How is that the thing that follows the worst moment in this show to this point? How is that? But that's what the show does because ultimately Hollywood doesn't care, Michael. He's going to go back and everything he just did in New Mexico isn't going to mean anything to anybody there because they just don't care. Off the grid, back on it again, like he was never really away, as expressed by Diane she may as well have been in the exact same position that she was in leaning over that balcony, lying to Mr. Peanut Butter when Bojack first left for New Mexico in the first place. There is a kinship immediately to the pair of them coming together in the saddest way because never have we wanted Diane to feel so close to Bojack as she does in this very moment because in reality she wouldn't want to be further away from him. But again, as you say, that's a different life. That's a different world. Um, Unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. Um, We've talked a lot in season two and we'll do a wrap-up of the season when the season concluded about the key themes, but they were all hit here yet again. Um, yeah. 
sexual power dynamics, um, the measure of a man or the lack of that of Bojack Horseman himself, um, the inability to cope with any version of real life, no matter what he tries to like assume is the big problem. Like everything he thinks about himself is true. He is the problem. He is the tar, as it were. Yeah. Um, and like as far as we're concerned here, based on Charlotte's pretty powerful words, the murdering, the cold-blooded murdering of the dream, that picture frame with uh, Charlotte by the log cabin in Maine has fallen off the wall, never to be put back on. And it's at this point that we can finally say, because we are a spoiler-free podcast, that um, of all the pictures on the wall for the Kyle and the Kids credits, one of them is of Charlotte in front of that log cabin. And obviously that was for Kyle and the Kids all along. It was never for Bojack Horseman. Never for Bojack Horseman. It was in there amongst all of the hilarity of the opening card. Something I also just want to say before we move into the horse and around segment of the show, Bojack turning up in their lives and just completely turning upside down and leaving. You imagine mm. they're all worse off for it. But who, who, Michael, are the two people who are the worst off out of that family? Uh, we're saying Trip because of his erection problems? <laughs> <laughs> yes. He needs to go and have a way with Pelier does, young Trip. <laughs> or maybe he needs to just help Pelier, I think is the situation there. But um, genuinely, the two people who suffer the most from Bojack Horseman turning up are the two women in the house, yeah. Charlotte and Penny. Mm-hmm. completely destroyed and we're talking not just destroyed the thing with Charlotte would have been bad enough and they're now both left with this traumatic experience Penny probably has never seen her mother in that situation either having to deal with that that's something that no kid should ever have to see that parent deal with like not and even worse the fact that the kid is the centre of the, the thing with, with Bojack Horseman I just I don't think it's any coincidence. Yes, okay, Kyle does get a little bit bummed out, obviously, when he turns up and he's tucked with his flowers. But ultimately, Kyle strikes me like the kind of guy who is happy-go-lucky Kyle, and he's having a great time regardless. He loves his family, doesn't really care about the horse, but he's yeah. happy to have round if it makes the rest of the family happy, which, mm-hmm. to a certain extent, it did. Trip is completely oblivious to all of this because he's been too busy figuring out bonus, which is fine also. <laughs> the thing here, though, is that, that just imagine the knock-on effect that all has, and he just gets up and gets on a boat and buggers off. And that's it. Doesn't deal with any of it. Just leaves. And I just think that's probably, to me, that was always one of the most powerful things. Even though there's some wonderful moments of real sort of brevity in the, in this episode, that's the lasting message. And he can just go home and pretend it never happened. And, trauma. Uh, trauma yeah. was the word you said. He's left. He's left genuine human trauma behind. In in fact, I just it's just popped there. Who was the other woman? Maddie, the third woman of a yeah. trifecta. Another rule of three. Bojack turns up and ruins the, the female lives of three people. The yeah. female lives? That's not what you say. Ruins <laughs> the lives of three females. Incredible. Uh, top-notch writing, but we have gone long, uh, and I now need to go even longer. So <laughs> if you had a bit of heartbreak, maybe you could be ready for some horsing around, as we do every week with this show. Now we go back through the episode and pick up on all of the hidden meanings, the small details that you might have missed, and all the Easter eggs from the episode I will try and get through this quick. I say that every week, and I tell myself I'm not going to say it the week after, but here I am feeling guilty. Anyway, let's go back to the very beginning. I've just written down here. I won't go into it because you covered the whole thing, but just Kyle and the kids. Wonderful. <laughs> what, a great what I will touch on, though, as you've all mentioned a couple of them there, or one of them, I will mention the other one, just a few of the notable pictures that are on that little um, collection. There's a picture of Kyle next to the Paul Revere statue in Boston, which we have, of course, seen as the barrel of chum when flying past in the episode Live Fast, Diane Nguyen from season one. 
Charlotte in Maine is the picture we notice immediately. That is the fantasy world that Bojack lives in, but also was legitimately somewhere she was for a small time. And it was just, we should have seen it coming <clears throat> from the second we spotted that picture. There's also a picture of Penny and Trip at Todd's Disneyland, <laughs> uh, which is brilliant. You can see all of the, the wonderful thing, Gabe's, Gabe's grease fire or whatever it is. <laughs> That's all there, wonderful stuff. There's also another picture of Penny and Trip outside the Taffy Giraffe, which you might not remember, but I'm fairly confident that the Taffy Giraffe is one of the shops that is along the row of streets when we maybe go to find, I want to say, when we go to find J.D. Salinger and his bike shop. Ah, yes. Um, There's a little nod to where these people have all been to similar place. Similarly, the entire family can be spotted standing next to the Statue of Liberty, or as we know it to be in Bojack Horseman, the Catu of Liberty, because, of course, it is the cat with the little the ball of wool or string or whatever it is. Um, we go to Bojack's car. He's given a driving lesson to Penny, but the most notable thing here is the high school yearbook that we see in this wonderful little thing, this um, narrative device to show us Penny's story. And um, it, it's, how do you pronounce where they live? Is it Tasuki? Tasuki or Tasuki? Tasuka, I think. Is it Tasuka? Tasuka, New Mexico, yeah. Tasuka, New Mexico. Yeah. So the Tasuka high, high school yearbook of 2015. We get, we opened it up. You have to pause this to get these because they are fast. But brilliantly, that had me on my knees. There's a quote on the interior of the cover of the book on the left-hand side. It says, class of 2015, with an inspirational quote, Michael. It's wonderful. It says, it's something unpredictable, but in the end, is right. <laughs> I, I hope you had the time of your life, it said. <laughs> and underneath, it says, it's by Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Which, ironically, isn't Gandhi, but it is Green Day. It's a Green yeah. Day, you'll all know from the song, of course, time of your life. And Papa Green <laughs> Matt McGreen there, which another thing. Just quickly, a few of the names, all the people who are actually featured in the yearbook. We get Hamster Bingham, who is a person who is a future bank manager, it says, yeah. We also have Penny Carson, who is, of course, Penny we know from the episode, who has the best smile, Michael. Her, oh. her, one of her many best friends, Alison F, or Alison Flill, I think she's, I think it's pronounced, is the most likely to succeed. Remember that for a few entries time. Maddie Ginsberg, her other best friend, who ends up getting very drunk, is given the biggest hair award. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rachel Kaplan, just a few down from the most likely to succeed, is the most likely to eat seeds because she's a bird, Michael. <laughs> she, has, she has birds in her... She has birds. She has um, seeds in her beak in the picture as well, which is brilliant. Diego Mendoza, of course, the love interest of Penny, is the biggest flirt apparently, according to the end. <laughs> Peter Pocket, who is, of course, our Pete Repeat. His, what a great name that is as well. He has, ironically, not, not Pete Repeat has the best nickname, because, of course, he does. Um, Ali Sandler is there, and it says, Ali is the class clown fish, because Ali Sandler <laughs> is, of course, a clownfish, very, very similar yes. to Nemo. Uh, Connie <laughs> Sapp is most likely to sleep through class, because Co Connie Sapp, Michael, is a slow loris. So, <laughs> um, Rhonda Selkirk is the teacher's pet Ring Ray Stingray <laughs> who is of course a Stingray and his nickname is Ray Ray so there you go <laughs> but then one of my favourites because it's never explained but it's just brilliant the last one Willis Woodward also known as The Bean <laughs> <laughs> and they also reference they must be best friends because they always mention Ray Ray and The Bean which I just think is brilliant as a duo That's right Buddy cop drama, I would watch. Yeah. Um, we go back to Charlotte's house and an establishing shot of the house. 
we see outside a runner going past, followed by another runner, Michael. The first one is a, a road runner as it goes past. It was on a morning run, and um, it's a bird, the bird road runner. And following quickly behind is a coyote, who's also oh, out for a jog. Nice. Because we've all seen Looney Tunes before, haven't we? Um, the boat tow company that brings Bojack's boat to the house is called Stoats Boat Toats Toes Boats. <laughs> Very good. Brilliant stuff. And just a couple of tiny, well, actually, I say a couple, just one tiny little thing. You mentioned when Kyle and Trip are on the boat and they're having a conversation in the background. There's a couple of times that happens, but this one is brilliant. Kyle says, we can, or can be heard saying, if you use the bathroom, it's just going to end up on the driveway. And Trip shouts, too late. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. We see Princess Carolyn, a cutback. She's at a coffee shop. It's the coffee shop we've seen Diana and Mr. Peanut Butter in previous episodes. There's a brilliant gag here where Princess Carolyn's on the phone. And as you'll notice, there's a mass amount of milk starts to accrue beside her. She's just she's got this tiny cup of coffee. Mm. But there are like there's like about ten cartons <laughs> and like and like five or six empty little small, you know, the little small capsules you get which you pour in that are in yes. hotels. Yeah. She's used so much milk to the point <laughs> that as she's on the phone. The person who works behind the till crosses out on the board cafe latte because they can't do them anymore because Carolyn <laughs> has drunk all of the milk. Because I don't know if you know this, Michael, Princess Carolyn's a cat. Oh, um, of course. Charlotte's house, let's go back there. We go to Penny's room. Wonderful music gags in here. She's got a bunch of posters on the wall for a bunch mm. of artists. She's got one for FKA Pigs, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great play, obviously, on FKA Twigs. There's also one for Bunny Ver. Featuring the Fleet Foxes, which is a nod <laughs> to Bon Iver. Um, Very nice. We also have <laughs> Lama Del Rey on the wall. <laughs> it is, of course, a reference to Lana Del Rey and brilliantly, brilliantly done. There's also a, a guitar case with a few stickers on. There are a few, but the most notable ones, yeah. There's one that's Bob Marlin. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a nod to Band of Horses, because, of course, the oh. horses, Michael. And then just a wonderful nod to Anemic Panda as well, <laughs> which is always worth hearing. Uh, we go to uh, the unnamed streets of New Mexico as they're driving through, and Bojack and the gang are on their way to the prom. And there's a bunch of shop names you'll see. There's one called Bean Me Up Coffee, which is a futuristic <laughs> shop with the tagline, it's out of this world, and a picture of an alien, <laughs> an alien with a coffee. There's also another shop called, which you might not get, it's called The Gila and Lime. Michael is what it's called. But if you say it quick enough, it sounds like tequila and lime oh, because okay. they are, Michael, in New Mexico. Yeah. Tequila and lime. <laughs> also, there's another shop called Bed, Bath and Rocks and there's one last shop that's called Cacti R Us. <laughs> <laughs> we go to the prom night and uh, here's one for all the listeners. Maybe you can let us know what you thought. We thought there's a the Scorpion who's, uh, who's DJing this party, this prom night. Mm. We were trying to figure out if there's a reference to any particular DJ. I couldn't come up with one other than a few, shall we say, lower-tier DJs who I managed to find on Google. No yeah. disrespect to them. Any, well, answers on a postcard, and that postcard could be sent to at Podcast Horseman on Twitter. <laughs> we did notice, however, he had a brilliant T-shirt on that says, I want my MP3. And instead of, I want my MTV, as the old T-shirt would go, thought that was a lovely little nod. Yeah. Even better was the nod where <laughs> the music he's playing is is basically Bojack Horseman's version of a Drake song. So <laughs> the the vocalist, can, who sounds very much like Drake, singing, I'm Drake, we Drake, and we be on there, Drake, no faking. 
<laughs> I did catch some of them drinks. Brilliant. They were impossible to miss. They were great. It was, it was wonderful. Obviously, big fans of Drake, I can imagine, it seems they are. <laughs> Jack Horseman. Also, there's a banner that says, A Night Under the Sea, dot, 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 under the stars. <laughs> <laughs> the punch bowl that everybody's drinking from is a hermit crab shell or something from under the, under the sea kind of shell. We also get a brilliant moment where a girl's taking a selfie with an animal and as she takes a picture, the animal reacts and hisses Michael because it doesn't like the flash because that animal is a possum and it is not happy about having its picture taken. Um, there's also, I just thought it was funny, Lila Kay, who is the love interest of Diego who gets in the way of Penny, is a turtle and there's just this brilliant moment where she's walking over to Diego and she's just very slowly idly <laughs> tootling along. Much slower than Lenny Turtletop, even, which I know sounds impossible. Also, something brilliant worth noting, the glow sticks, when they buy them from the shop, you can read on the side is a bunch of funny stuff. The ingredients for glow sticks, Michael, are, I know this may surprise you, glow sticks. That's the, <laughs> that's the ingredients. And underneath that, it says, not for normal children under eight years old or cool children under five years of age. <laughs> <laughs> and at the very bottom, it says, and this might apply to you, actually. Enjoy your adult raves and EDM festivals at your own risk. <laughs> um, I, do like those, I do like those disclaimers. I need to know these things. Yeah. You need to know these things. Last couple here, we go to Charlotte's house. And um, there's a brilliant bit here where Bojack is talking to her in the midst of all that madness. And Charlotte says she wants to tell him a joke. And Bojack says, is it a long joke without a punchline? Which is, of course, in reference to Wanda. And she tells that wonderful mulch joke, which actually ends up being pretty good in yeah. my opinion. Um, I just thought it was worth noting that when Bojack's on the boat and he finally sees Penny for the second time when she's turned up on the deck, what are the words that he says to her, Michael, as she's standing there? What are you doing here? What are you doing here, of, of course. course. Of course. Why wouldn't they? I've written here the second greatest montage of all time. Just go and watch it again. It's wonderful, genuinely brilliant. I've also written there, wax lyrical on this sucker, which <laughs> I think we've already done, so I'm going to move past to the last few. So the last few here, which is when we go back to Bojack's house, and you can see there's a bunch of party debris uh, from, what, from what's been going on in the house while he's been away. As you mentioned, there's beer bottles, there's pizza cart, there's pizza crates, there's all sorts. There's a Rubik's Cube, a football, just random bits and bobs. But one of the things you will notice, along with on the wall, a target, and someone has clearly been firing arrows into his wall, which is madness enough, mm. is... The David Boreanaz bobbleheads of Mary Jane. <laughs> There's a few of them can be seen scattered around the house, which leads me to wonder, did Diane and Todd have another run at, at the David Boreanaz stuff, or did Diane just have a party and everybody found a box full of them that had been stored away? Either way, it's a mystery that I never want the answer to, Michael. That is everything for Horsen around this week, and I have now gone into a huge panic because I realise I have not yet figured out my thing for the next part of the show, which is, of course, one last thing, and then I swear to God, I'll shut up about this show forever. I assume maybe you have got one, seeing as how you've been sat there doing nothing for the last 15 minutes. Well, this is it. It's my time to shine again, isn't it? Um, I got one, and it's a total goddamn reach, because this episode was so brilliant that um, it was worth picking apart every bit of the plot. It was worth catching everything that you have done there. Um, so this was just something that struck me that could be completely coincidence. I'm not owning this as a catch um, I'm accepting it as a big reach. Um, in this episode, by being in New Mexico away from his comfort, as we see him going back to the comfort of LA, um, you would argue certainly that Bojack is he's lost, isn't he? 
Um, and when all of it goes down as it shouldn't do, when Bojack finally relents, it happens in the cabin um, of this giant boat that he's just parked in the drive. It's his boat. It's not Penny's boat, and he is lost. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you for coming, everybody. Uh, <laughs> that is absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. But I will take that as a reach. It just struck me, you know, that was oh. the place where we got captured, you know. I don't think that's I don't think that's a reach at all. I think actually that's knowing this show, I think that's right on the money. And applause goes to you. <laughs> quite quite applause because we're doing this late, but that is that is wonderful. That what a great grab that is. You know what it is? How am I gonna to top that, Michael? Well the answer is I'm not. I'm gonna just let <laughs> us have that. We've already run long this one. I will come up with two for the next episode, I promise. And I'll probably need them because it's going to be an episode 12 of the show. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Anyway, let's quickly move into the last little plugs before we go. You can find this podcast on social media at Podcast Horseman on Instagram or Twitter. Please do send us your thoughts about this week's episode or any previous episodes. Let us know what you're up to. Are you enjoying the show? Just general chit-chat. Give us all of your best with regards to Podcast Horseman and Bojack Horseman because we're trying to start this community and make it more interesting for everybody because not enough people are talking themselves horse about a talking horse, Michael Hamfler. And you can also, if you'd really like to, follow either of your hosts on Twitter. You can find me at It's Adam Nicholas or you can find Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Um, you can follow along with the podcast on Spotify. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Acast. You can listen on Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. And um, there will be a new podcast that appears as part of an Acast file in the embedded tweet every Friday on the app Podcast Horseman Twitter feed. Um, and we would love you to leave us a five-star review, which is what Sniper Jack 11 did for us. Uh, they left us a five-star review. Thank you, Sniper Jack. We're going to induct you as our latest inductee to the Hollywood Talk of Fame. You said, thank you. I have to thank you guys for starting this podcast because without it, I don't think I would have watched Bojack Horseman, which has become one of my favourite shows of all time. Thank you so much for that, Sniper Jack. We always joke that you can say anything nice, you can say anything nasty, you can say anything you want. It's the stars that get us spotted. It's the more people that listen, etc., etc., etc. But that one hits close because we talked about the very genesis of this podcast on how you just cannot convince people to watch this show. Yeah. So the very fact that this podcast has helped you find it is kind of why we started doing it, not to be overly sentimental. So thank you very much for that feedback. Um, a star will be winging its way to you through all the usual social media channels soon. Literally, the, like, the only thing we ever wanted to achieve, really, with this podcast was to get more people talking about and watching Bojack Horseman. And mm. so far, that seems like it's working. Thank you very much for that five-star review. But, Michael, time for... The synopsis for the final episode of season oh. two, episode 12, Out to Sea. The important things in life become clear to Bojack when Todd moves out to join the improv comedy group on their special cruise ship. And with that in mind, I don't even have any more clever words to say, Michael. All I want to say is prepare yourself for episode 12, the end of this season. As mm. always, I have been Adam Nicholas. I've been Michael Hamflet. And this, slightly longer than usual, has been Podcast Horseman. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.